0: Hello, welcome to the first Wolves Weekly episode of the season, exclusive to Wolves Radio. I'm Gemma Frith and I'm joined, as always, by club commentator Mikey Burrows. Mikey, it is great to be back for the 21-22 season, but how was your off-season?
1: Um, I, I'm not sure we had a, much of an off-season, did <laughs> we, Gem? We were still doing episodes of our Worldwide Wide Walls show, which I know you want to get to in a minute. And then pre-season kind of came around pretty quickly. And obviously, much busier for you than it was for me. I was just covering the games. You were out there in Spain, living it up in the sunshine. We all saw your social media. It looked like a lovely little trip that you had out there and getting to know all the new coaching staff and all the new players and everything.
0: I can't lie, it was absolutely amazing I'm not trying to make you jealous Mikey but it was it was really really good but it was probably a lot more hard work than it looks it was really early starts we were doing days of about 7am to about 11pm a nice little break in the middle during the hottest period of the day when the players weren't on the pitch but double training sessions every day it was um, it was a lot of hard work behind the scenes but yeah we were trying to bring you back as much exclusive behind the scenes content as possible and yeah I mean when you're doing long days but you're in the beautiful surroundings in marbella and the beautiful sunshine it's hard to complain so so yeah it was really good but we did also manage as you said to do some worldwide wolves episodes over the summer we spoke to malaysia new york ireland houston singapore victoria in australia and of course manchester for our final episode as well um and it was so lovely to meet so many new faces and hear so many different stories from all across the globe. And um, if anyone missed those over the summer, they're all available on demand from the Wolves app. Um, and they really are worth a listen.
1: Yeah, it's great. And as you mentioned, like, it, there's a fascinating way that people come to support Wolverhampton Wanderers. And there are some, of course, who have uh, an association with the city, uh, but some who just picked it up for bizarre reasons and, and just made that call to go do you know what I've never been there but I like what this team is about I like what the club represents and therefore I'm going to represent them in my country and I absolutely love that and they are part of the family that I've always talked about over the last couple of years because you know we're a big football club We really are a big football club and we reach to places that you would never imagine we could reach. And that's magnificent.
0: Yeah, all corners of the globe um, It is really amazing to hear everyone's different experiences of how they've, you know, we've ha- had stories of how people were catching up with w- wolves results three months later. I think that was um, <laughs> Singapore because they had to wait for, um, for the the TV programs and the magazines to be released in Asia. So yeah, absolutely huge dedication. And it's amazing to see how spread that was all over the world, but we have been able to welcome back some of those worldwide wolves to Molyneux for the first time. And there was a couple of people in the worldwide wolves lounge, I believe. Um, for our f- a first home game against Spurs but we are of course now two matches into the new season one away one at home um, the results may have not gone the way we wanted but would you agree Mikey that from these first two games we've seen some very promising signs?
1: Yeah there's there's actually been a, a lot of positives Gemma which is a, a really strange feeling actually and mm. I, I said on our post-match coverage yesterday that it, it's quite strange sometimes when You lose a match, and yet there are no boos. Mm -hmm. There are no negative sounds on the final whistle. And in fact, there were fans yesterday inside Molyneux who were stood applauding those players as they went off the field. Now, you know, you're far too young to remember a game that was, I think, 2006, maybe, when we played against Southampton and got absolutely turned over. And it's a famous kind of 6 0 defeat. Mm -hmm. And the fans still applauded the players off that day because despite the fact they lost 6-0, they were magnificent that day. Mm. And that has always, to me, summed up what Wolves fans can be at yeah. their very best. And we know what the sound is like inside Molyneux. We know we've missed it so, so much. And it played its part yesterday. The team were good. They obviously have things they're still working on, but there is an intensity which is different about Wolves this season and barring maybe the first half an hour at Leicester they have put together two hours of real high tempo football that's got people not just off the edge of their seats but literally standing on their feet Mm -hmm. and hopefully that's what we're going to see continuing
0: yeah hopefully it was absolutely amazing to have the fans back and it was a, a great performance that they put on for them you know as you said I mean there was yesterday. We had 25 shots to Spurs' eight at Leicester, 17 to their nine. And um, we really were the stronger team in both of those. I don't have the figures in front of me, but I'm a big fan of looking at XG stats as well, the expected goals. Oh, and in no. and in both both games, you know, we were expected to produce more goals from those. And obviously, there's there's things there that we need to work on to ensure we're maximising on those chances and and finishing them. But I feel really, really good about this team uh, under Bruno Large and going into the new season.
1: Yeah, and I say that high tempo intensity that they've been playing with, you know, I think is, is what a lot of fans were calling for in the last year to 18 months. And I've always said to you, Gemma, that I put a lot of it down to the fact that there wasn't a crowd in there because we have seen some decent spells of it. But what we're seeing now is uh, an evolution rather than a revolution under Bruno Lage that is taking the team to, to be a little bit more on the front foot all the way through. And it comes back to uh, an old age-old problem that we've had for a while, which is conceding the first goal. And we know that this has been an issue, and it's not just in the last 18 months. It's been longer than that, you know, in the... I, I, you know I'm sad enough to have gone through all these stats and, and gone through all the last couple of seasons. <laughs> that, uh, over the last three years, Wolves have picked up 50 points, five zero from losing positions. Wow. They've only ever dropped, in that time, 21 points. Wow. Last season, they were the only team in the Premier League not to lose when scoring first. The problem is they only did it 10 times out of 38 games. Mm. So... We know that this team, when they get in front, they invariably go on to at least get a point. In fact, I think you have to go all the way back to Cardiff away a couple of seasons ago when Matt Doherty scored early and we went on to lose and we were in a really bad run of form at the time. Might have even been the first Premier League season back up. For the last time, Wolves lost having scored first. So the evidence is there. We just have to make sure that we score the first goal. Now, that is far, far easier said than done. Mm-hmm. And there are mitigating circumstances to it. Chris Iwellimo and Andy Thompson were adamant it shouldn't have been a penalty for Delhi Alley. At first viewing, I thought it probably was. With the subsequent viewings and with the tweaks to how VAR and everything is supposed to work this season, mm-hmm. yep. I think it's quite debatable. But apart from that, there wasn't a huge amount to worry Wolves They should have gone on and scored. They will know they should have gone on and scored. But I like being positive, as you know. (laughs) And I think, you know, if if they play like that against the majority of Premier League teams, we will have a good season
0: yes and of course to answer potentially some of those some of what we've been missing over the past season we have seen the return of Raul Jimenez to the Premier League in these last two games as well which is absolutely incredible to have him back over the last year we were doing these episodes on Wolves Radio this is what we were hope, waiting for we kept talking about this moment when we'd have fans back in Molyneux Raul back on the pitch and and finally it's here you know he's still looking for that first Premier League goal back but it can't be that long away now
1: no, and I thought he didn't really get too many opportunities against Leicester. But against Tottenham, there was one in the first half where it was a lovely move down the left hand side from Treore Matinio with a beautiful flick to him on the edge of the penalty area, and it was you know it was perfectly set up for Raúl, and he just lent back a touch too much and it went over the top of the crossbar. But we've seen so many times him in that kind of position, and instinctively he knew what he wanted to do. It just didn't quite come off. There was one in the second half where he kind of took it under control and then the shot got blocked, whereas maybe uh, a Raul, who has been playing week in, week out, and is absolutely full of confidence and on form, comes just and attacks it and heads it home. But that will come. I think the, the biggest thing for Raul is that you saw the interplay and the fact that he and Adama Traore just seem to have picked up where they left off yeah. in terms of the telepathy that they have, Gem. It's incredible the way they just seem to know where each other are. And if if Raul can get going again, like we know he can, then that's why I say there are so many things to be positive about because we, need, we know we needed goals. Bruno says we need goals. Everyone knows we need goals. <laughs> They will come if we keep creating that amount of chances. I know you talk about XG. I, I don't really understand. XG. <laughs> I, I'm a footballing dinosaur. In I think, that terms. I
0: think I'm, I'm I'm in the minority of people that enjoy XG, but yes.
1: <laughs> but but it it tells a story, doesn't it? Yeah. That, You know we are getting there, and let's keep going with it.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I think that there are some positive results on the horizon, and yeah, I'm I'm hoping that those those goals are going to come. Very, very soon. Um, But yeah, the headline on Sunday was having fans back in the stadium. 30,000 fans in that stadium, 2,000 of which were visiting Spurs fans as well. How good was it to have them back with us?
1: Well, I want to ask you because (laughs) obviously I've experienced it and I've waxed lyrical about it for the last year on Wolves Weekly about what it's like to have supporters in. That was kind of your first
0: experience of it. And you
1: were a pitch side for a lot of it as well.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I can't lie. It was absolutely incredible. Um, I've heard so much since I started this job about the incredible atmosphere inside Molyneux when it is full. And, you know, we've had Man United, we've had a couple of thousand fans in, we had a, had several thousand in for Celta Vigo, but to have... 30,000 people in there it was so loud and it was so incredible and the fans just kept going for the full 90 minutes you know that 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 support the singing hearing them sing Si Senor when Raul was back on the pitch it was absolutely incredible and I'm just so pleased we've got fans back I really am it makes so much difference and like particularly for us you know when we're normally sat in the press box watching the game for the last season sitting there in in, in pretty much silence. And that's a whole different experience in itself, in the fact that we can hear what Connor Cody's saying, we can hear every every ball kick. You can hear everything that's going on in the pitch. Um, but it it can't compare to the excitement and the energy that you get inside the stadium when there's, when there's all those fans in there cheering and shouting and, Oh, it was, it was electric and it's amazing. And I just, I can't wait for the rest of the rest of this season now and having, having fans. And also I must say the away fans at Leicester as well. You know, I think from where I was sat, at least they were a lot louder than the Leicester fans. (laughs) Like it was, you really could hear them. They make themselves known and, Oh, it's just absolutely amazing to, to have them with us. Um, and yeah it's it's been a long time it's been a long time um almost 18 months that people haven't been able to come to to mother new in in those numbers but yeah it's absolutely amazing to have them back
1: yeah, it's spine tingling, isn't it? Yeah, it, it? is. And it is. From a commentator's perspective as well, you know, like uh, I, I'm so glad. And it was, it was really strange at Leicester because you know we hadn't done a commentary with that kind of noise for a while. <laughs> yeah. I was kind of thinking, you know, this is too loud. People can't <laughs> hear me. And, You're
0: not used to having that background noise. Oh, yeah,
1: <laughs> and, and plus, from a commentator's perspective, it, the noise of the crowd helps to tell the story. Mm, mm, so absolutely. I actually have to kind of do slightly less because you can hear you can you can sense it in the background you can feel literally i think what's coming you know through the speakers yeah because of that noise that's around it and that is what you know people look towards Molyneux. we've always been a loud stadium yeah and I, I was not concerned but you have that element of you know is it going to be quite the same as it was before It really was. It really was. It really was. And again, like the team, if they stay positive and they keep going forwards, that will get the crowd going. And if the crowd can keep that level up all the way through the season, again, I keep coming back to it. And I might be shooting myself in the foot here, Gem, on the first episode of the new season. (laughs) But I really think it could be a good year.
0: Yeah. No, I've got I've got a really really good feeling. I'm feeling very positive. You know, I mean, you, I mean, it's it's difficult to think that, you know, we've we've come out the first two games and we haven't managed to get a point yet, but I'm feeling so positive. You know, we have seen such promising signs and um yeah, I've got Really, really good feeling. But this week is a busy one. There's two fixtures for the first team this week. Um, back at home on Sunday to host Man United in the Premier League. But before that, um, on Tuesday, we are away at Nottingham Forest for our first Carabao Cup tie um, of the season. It's a very quick turnaround for that one. And Bruno did say that in his post-match that, um, you know, we we have had to sort of settle, settle for that fixture because we've made... Time and allowed time for Nottingham Forest because they couldn't do it later in the week. And our game this week was against Spurs on a Sunday because Spurs are playing on the Thursday. So we seem to have made a lot of time for everybody else in the the calendar. But it means we've now got this really quick turnaround for the Carabao Cup tie. So it's going to be difficult. But what are you expecting to see at that game?
1: I think there'll be, uh, I imagine, a fair few changes because as you say, Mm -hmm. Gem, there is such a short turnaround between the fixtures. And Bruno is still learning about his squad and we saw it in pre-season and even with the element of playing two games in two days as they did over that weekend with Stoke and Coventry it's important for him to learn about the players that are not necessarily the guaranteed starters that we've seen in the Premier League but the other options that he has and that may well include some of the younger players who've been on the bench for the last couple of games Mm -hmm. you know uh, I think a lot of people know about Christian Marquez because certainly I've spoken an awful lot about him to you Jem. But Luke Cundall was one of the most impressive under 23 players of last season and actually I think had a really good pre-season campaign in the first team games that he featured in. Chem Campbell as well, I would expect to be involved in some capacity. And then you've got some of the other players like, you know, Keanu Hoover, who played really well at Leicester and was probably a touch unfortunate that Nelson Semedo came back in for the Spurs game. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I I imagine he he and Ryan Agnori would be an easy change to rest Marcel and Samedo after yeah. the efforts they put in at Molyneux. And yeah, there's a, you know, there's a few other players who, who might be knocking on Bruno's door and saying, give me a chance from the start, give me a chance to impress you. And again, that's the beauty of when you have a new manager, a new head coach come in. It gives other players an opportunity to say, I'm ready to step up. I'm ready to push on. I've got a new chance now. A new breath of fresh air has come through the football club. Mm-hmm. Give me my opportunity, and if they get it against Forest, hopefully they take it.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, we saw we definitely saw a lot of rotation in the squad over pre season. As you said, as, as Bruno was getting to know his his squad, um, and that was really an opportunity for them to some of the younger players to show them show Bruno just what they can do. What were they like in Marbella, Jim? they were all given it 110%. You know, this was their time to shine in front of Bruno, in front of the new coaching staff. Um, for a lot of them, like particularly some of the more senior staff, um, senior members of the team hadn't returned until a couple of weeks later because they'd been busy at the Euros. So for that period as well, in between, particularly when we were at Compton even before Marbella, you know, it was a chance for the the younger members of the squad to really to really shine and and, and, and sort of have that have that moment to, to show Bruno what they can do. And um, I think we've seen in preseason absolutely fantastic performances from Morgan Gibbs-White I think that he's going to have a really really brilliant season and I think perhaps the fact that we didn't see him yesterday might mean that we'll see him on Tuesday at Nottingham Forest um, so yeah it was it was an amazing opportunity for them and you know Bruno said yesterday again when he was talking about the congestion of, of this fixture he was saying that the reason he put them to work so much in preseason with the double training sessions and so many fixtures as well season fixtures um, he said that he wanted them to get used to this sort of quick turnaround and be able to perform and it not be a shock to the system when these sorts of things happen so he has prepared them for this and um, he definitely has the options in the squad and those younger um, younger players that he'll be able to bring out um, at Nottingham Forest and then of course we are back at home to host Manchester United on Sunday now with all of the chances that we've created do you think that we can come away with some points?
1: Uh, well, you well, know, I'm always positive <laughs> as you know. I keep saying it. I, I I love it and I'm loving, you know, watching this team develop at the moment. Um, you know, as as we've said, they do need to get some goals. Mm-hmm. But you've got the feeling that, you know, it might not just be one if they get one. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That they could go on and score a couple. And it's actually been quite a while since we've done that. And I I'm impressed by certain elements of it. I think Manchester United are obviously an incredibly tough proposition as they always have been. But we shouldn't fear anybody. And we've just played two teams who are legitimately top seven teams, arguably two sides who will be looking towards more than just being in the, the top six, seven. Certainly, you know, Leicester are a side who, what, FA Cup winners, Community Shield winners, they spent more time in the top four than anybody else last season. And for large periods of that game, and I would argue for the entirety of the Spurs game, we were the better team Mm -hmm. on the front foot, dominating the game. So if they can do the same against Manchester United, which again is easier said than done, because United have some incredible talent, they can give them a real good go. And I think that's the thing that always comes back to, Jen, with Wolves supporters, certainly, is that, you know, they can tolerate losing, but they want to see the team have a go. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's what we've seen in the last two games. Yes, uh, keep making that point. We need to score goals. We need to start picking up points. But we will do that by playing in the way that we are. And let's hope that when Manchester United come to town, the crowd is loud, the players get going, and as you've said, Raul gets his goal, (laughs) and we can all stop talking about that, and we can move on.
0: Yeah, that would be absolutely amazing. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for um for yeah, our next home game and yeah, let's see what we can produce against Man United. Um but this week there is also another big fixture in the calendar, a Black Country derby happening on Wednesday, but this time it's for Wolves women. Now, um Wolves women are now competing in the Northern Premier Division, which is the third tier of the FA Women's National League. They've won two from two. They've taken maximum points from their fixtures so far. I mean, they started their campaign at home to Middlesbrough where they won 2-0, thanks to goals from uh, Jamila Palmer and Anna Morfit. And then on Sunday, they were away at Derby and took all three points, thanks to Amber Hughes' debut goal for the club as well, a new signing, which was brilliant to see her get on the score sheet. Um, But they are absolutely flying and I can't say I'm surprised. They really are a top team and Mac made some great signings this summer. But yeah, black country derby. It's going to be huge. It was originally meant to be away this week, um, but due to various circumstances, it's now been moved to the home fixture and the away fixture we played later in the season. Um, so we're going to be at home at the CKW Stadium in Castlecroft. Our stands are open, supporters can come down, you can buy tickets on the gate for just £4, and if you're a Wolves season ticket holder, you can get in for free. So they had 350 supporters with them for the opening game of the campaign, which is absolutely incredible, but I think we can do much better than that for a Black Country Derby. So yeah, get yourselves down there on Wednesday, kick off is at 7 45 p.m and uh, with their current form I think it's going to be a really good game I'm feeling very very confident and also I'd like to mention that West Brom lost their first match 4-0 we're having a great great start to the season <laughs> and we're hosting West Brom at the perfect time I think so um yes get yourself down there
1: yeah they're a great watch as well aren't they?
0: Yeah they I mean, really you, are they really are.
1: You and I watched them not just in the FA Cup games last season but we were also there in the friendly they played at Molineux yes. which feels yes, like a feels lifetime like that. ago That does feel now. like a long time ago now. Yeah uh, and they are fantastic to watch. Dan McNamara and his staff have done a brilliant job. They are really entertaining and as you mentioned they've made some really good signings this summer and I think you and I both felt that they had the potential to do well anyway. Yeah. And now with an even stronger squad, there is a real opportunity for them to push on. And as you say, if there is a big crowd, and I think I think a few people in the women's game actually kind of stopped and, and took notice of how many were at that first game. Imagine the kind of ramifications of people looking at Wolves women if there is an even bigger crowd for the derby, oh, a passionate yeah. support to roar them on would be absolutely superb.
0: Yeah, it really, really would be. So, yeah. 7.45pm on Wednesday, CKW Stadium in Castlecroft. It would be amazing for us to see you there. Um, but that's everything from this week. Thank you very much, Mikey. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode after Man United to reflect back on this full week of results and perhaps a little bit on our under-23s as well. Um, if you have any questions that you would like answered next week, then please do reach out on Twitter at Jen Frith and at Mikey Burrows and we'll see you then. Bye. Bye.